0: Welcome to Around the Table. Have you ever wondered what it is like to be an elder? It is a tremendous weight a responsibility, but it can also be a beautiful privilege. Today, you'll learn about the joys and stresses of being an under-shepherd in our denomination. We read in 1 Timothy 3.1, this is a true saying, If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Today we will visit about the blessings and challenges of being involved in this good work by serving as elder in the Apostolic Christian Church. I am Tony Manns, elder at Junction, Ohio, and today I have two more experienced brothers who will be sharing their insights with me. Brother Rod, can I ask you to introduce yourself and describe your life circumstances in terms of family, church, and work?
1: Yes, my name is Rod Byema. I'm from the Leicester, Iowa congregation. I've uh, been an elder since September of 2009. My family situation, I have four daughters, uh, one son. My occupation for approximately 30 to 35, 40 years was working in the grocery business and then I farmed part-time on the side. Now I am out of the grocery business and I farm full-time as well as taking care of uh, the Leicester
2: Church and also the West Bend Church. Greetings, brothers. My name is Brad Eisenman. I serve the Chicago congregation, which I have done since I was ordained in 2010. I had a blessing of serving in Elgin for about 5 years up until 2019. My wife Cindy and I are enjoying the empty nest stage at this point. Uh, our four children are all grown and and have families of their own and we are simply uh, loving the uh, grandparenting stage. We have four grandchildren and and two on the way. So Thankful for that. I uh, still work full-time in the architectural and construction business.
0: Okay, and so to round out that uh, introduction, I've served as elder at Junction for not quite three years. Uh, My wife, Denise, and I have six children, four still at home. I've been blessed to work in manufacturing for my career. Uh, For the last five years, I've led a business of approximately 300 employees. And so uh, working through those challenges is something I want to learn from the two of you. So at our recent Midwinter Conference, we discussed the blessings of serving as elder. If I remember correctly, two that came to the top were relationships and working with converts who are seeking the Lord. But I want your perspective. What do you consider to be the biggest
1: blessings of this work? You know, as I look at this work that we do as elders, and I looked at this question, I would have to say the blessings have been more than I can explain. But just a couple of high points that have been in my work as an elder One of them is when we do work with converts and the time comes and we experience the uh, role of baptizing an individual, just watching them come out of the baptismal water is something that I wish every person could see. The joy that's in the face of that convert that becomes a child of God through the symbolic burial of the old man has just been beautiful. And then the other thing that I've had the experience of having happen is we've had quite a number perhaps in our congregation here that might have repented what we would say on the 11th hour. And I I would not recommend that to anyone, but to know that the way is still available even when they get to an older age and realize that even from their younger days, the words that they heard from perhaps Sunday school teachers or ministry or parents is still stuck with them and they had a desire to repent, even if it was just maybe weeks or a month or two before they might have passed away. It really has been a joy to see how the Lord works in their lives. I'm gonna to add to that, Brother Rod, just the
0: ability to or, or the opportunity to watch someone give a testimony is also so beautiful. Just to connect with them one-on-one and and see all the emotions that are going through their mind as they think about Jesus and what he means to them. It it is just a really beautiful thing. Brother Brad, what would you consider your your biggest
2: blessings? Well, I certainly agree with what Brother Rod shared, and you likewise, there, Brother Tony. Those are tremendous aspects of it. I just had a thought before I answer the question. As I think back to uh, taking on the duties, I've often thought, and you know, the scripture even uses the analogy of the wearing of a mantle or a coat. And I, I well remember that it, it felt like putting on someone else's coat for a while. And the thing about a mantle, Um, is that there's a weight to it that you feel. But I think it's important to, for the one wearing it, as well as everyone else, to understand that while it's a weight, it doesn't have to be a heaviness. Truly, there is a weight of responsibility. um, But there's also a tremendous opportunity. And so when I think of this question, I would just say that the opportunity to be involved with people, with brethren, friends, members, at some of the most tender times in their lives. When they give their life to the Lord, when their children do, or grandchildren, when they've lost a loved one, when they're getting married, it's beautiful. And um, you just get to see people up close. And very closely related to that is just to be able to watch. And, you know, we, we, we really just help. the work, we're there working alongside, led by the Holy Spirit we trust, but to watch the working of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. I just love those verses in in Ephesians 4, where Paul speaks about the work of the church and how that work is for the growing up of all of us into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, who is the head of the church. We make no Uh, We we want to be clear on that, but it's from whom, Christ that is, the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplyeth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And to see that happening with real people, with their personalities and flaws and gifts and talents, is humbling and it's just a tremendous blessing. Thanks, Brother Brad.
0: I got two thoughts that that stimulates. I'd like to add, you talked about the putting on of the mantle and, you know, I've watched uh, older brothers take the mantle back off and uh, I've seen uh, men retire from their work. And sometimes we can be a little bit uh, without a rudder. And it's just driven me to understand that our identity has to be in Jesus, not in any specific role that we take on. And so it's just helpful as we put that mantle on to realize, you know, it's God's. He's doing it. He's going to help us do it. And the other thing that they really prompted was being involved in in spiritual uh, counseling and spiritual problem solving. It being stretched is always helpful for growth, and I've definitely found that myself as we've wrestled together with other people. What's what's the best? Uh, answer to the problem right now. It has driven me to my knees, to the word, and that's been just a tremendous blessing. We also discussed the stresses of serving as a lay elder with our other full-time work. And two of those stresses that were mentioned at the conference as we, as we compared notes with each other were expectations and time commitment. So let's zoom in on expectations first. And Brother Brad, I'll have you go first. Have you seen changes over the years in expectations of our elders and their role?
2: I would say yes. I don't know, you know, over the 11, 12 years or so, I've actually been in the work, probably some, but my dad served as an elder for for 35 years before that. And I grew up in that context and kind of watched a little bit there. And then of course, one of the blessings, especially in the elder body, and that's one of the blessings too, we didn't mention, but just serving with with brothers like you is a huge blessing. Um, Our retired brothers attend from time to time. And so we get the at our meetings, I should say, every time. And we get the blessing of hearing some of that historical reference. So if you go way back, even before certainly my time and probably before my dad's time, you know, there were far fewer elders and not that many fewer congregations. And so most of the elders had multiple churches they served. Travel was slow. Correspondence was mostly by the postal service. Today we have 63 elders, 19 ordained deacons. So on one hand the work is spread spread out more there's more there's more laborers in the work if you will on the other hand and you asked about expectations i think expectations are higher part of it is just that the culture and the shift in communication from that letter that had to be addressed and stamped and put in the mail and then you had you know, you had a week or more before you would ever expect a response probably a lot longer than that the culture expects a quick response and i think all of us have been affected by that, so we just expect a higher pace of of communication. Um, But also I would say that uh, the amount of counseling has increased. Why? I don't know that I know. Some of you have probably heard anecdotes about when older ones repented and talking about meeting with the elder when they made their confession and then meeting with him again the weekend they were baptized. And that, that date was when he was in town and whoever was, you know, ready to be baptized was baptized. And, and, and actually that, you know, one of the most challenging aspects is scheduling sometimes. And uh, it seems like that has, has added to the, to the stress, if you will, but I'm kind of going back and forth on one hand, then on the other hand, and then the other hand, uh, a bunch of hands here, but the counseling expectation has gone up, but so have the resources. We have paid full-time staff at ACCFS, Ep- Episcopal Christian Counseling and Family Services, that help us tremendously with certain aspects of that. So it's a little hard to judge. We have a lot of recency bias, probably, where we, we just look at our own contexts. I would say the expectations have always been high. They were high on the Apostle Paul, and they're high today, but uh, we serve in our time.
1: You know, I'd have to agree with everything Brad said there Um, when we talk about expectations. I wonder sometimes if our expectations of ourselves maybe have become just a little greater because we hear a lot of voices out there. People have a lot of access to news media, social media, and sometimes it's just a matter of reassuring maybe those in our flocks that it's okay. You know, there, there's so much that they're, that they're exposed to on a daily basis. Um, I think elders of old, when they said something, I think it was pretty well accepted. And and that's just the way it was today. I think there's a lot of what we call fact-checking to make sure that, well, is it going this way here? And is it going that way there? Uh, our ease of uh, being able to converse with one another is, is probably greater. And maybe the expectations are just a little greater because I think people just get a little worried about what they hear. I think in my own life, uh, maybe my expectations are a little high too. Through all this, I've learned that you learn real quickly on which situations need to be addressed right now and which ones can be addressed maybe maybe next week or is it real important. I think we all have them, but... Uh, Yeah, I do think the expectations are higher. And then I think, and Brother Brad wouldn't say this, but when I see the emails that he sends out to us, I realize that there is just a lot of information that's shared within the elder body, within Harvest Call, within ACCFS on a daily basis, more than I think there was years ago. And I think we have to be realistic. There is just a lot coming at us. And a lot that our congregations are exposed to. I want
0: to tie a a couple of things together there uh, from what each of you mentioned, Uh, certainly endorse it, but just going to approach it a little bit differently. We have had a lot of focus on uh, personal health as elders. And I think that is a little bit different uh, change. It's a change in expectations of how we're going to handle the work that we are not going to simply go until we wear out, that we're not going to put our emotions in a box, that we're not going to really get unhealthy in in ways that are destructive to the, you know, sort of the long-term stability of the work. And so we've had a lot of effort put on that, and I've, I've benefited a lot from that myself. Um, just having ways to process through my emotions with God, with my fellow elders, um, realize that all of us are, are humans and we're going to struggle at times, um, but the good Lord has ways to help renew us and we take time to do that. And um, so I'm going to tie that together then with, with your thought that we, we do this together. We labor together and that is such an emotional benefit to me. Um, no matter what the challenges are that we face, coming together with other elders has always been a huge blessing. We just understand each other and leave encouraged. Now let's focus on time commitment. As a lay elder, both of you balance not only church work, but an occupation and family time. How have you approached that? What's your overall philosophy to balance these things?
1: Brother Rod? You know, as I looked at that question, Brother Tony, that probably has been the most difficult part of of this job, trying to focus time for family, for your wife, for your grandkids, for the churches that you serve, and, and and it's kind of a balancing act and then trying to get your work done. But what I will say is it's been tremendous on the two congregations that I serve that there are brothers and sisters that are willing to step up and do some of those jobs that we might think to them might be menial, but they're not. They all take time and effort. I'm just thankful for the ministering brothers in, in both churches that are willing to do it rarely. If I had any one of them say I'm too busy or I don't want to do it or I don't have to, and then I, I don't know about you, brother Brad or you, brother Tony, but it's been used quite frequently in both churches where I try to use mentors where I can, someone to help someone else that's struggling, and to use them to that aspect, so it it would free me up so that all of a sudden I don't feel like I'm just overwhelmed. The, the last thing, and, and I quite often hear this from brothers, sisters, or friends. They say, I I know you're busy and I hate to bother you. I I really kind of cringe when I hear that because I don't think I ever heard the Lord say that in the Bible ever to anyone. I'm too busy for you. And I, I don't want to get to that point where I say, I don't have time for you. And how we manage that, I don't know. I had an elder brother of old just say, just take one day at a time. And if that's too much, just take one hour at a time. And if that's too much, start with a minute at a time. He said, you'll get there. The Lord will provide for you.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate that, Brother Rod and um, Brother Tony, as you mentioned there, the work we've done. I'm, I'm grateful for even the last few years, an effort referred to as 360 Wellness to really um, attend to ourselves as elders and our wives and our marriage relationships, our family relationships. Um, we talk about expectations and, and um uh, there's no question the church has expectations, and, and that's fair. That's, that's right. Um, but sometimes the, the expectations that become a burden, I think, come from ourselves. And we do more than we uh, need to, perhaps. We don't take advantage of what Brother Rod said, that there are others that, that could be helpful to uh, carry the load Know, to delegate, that goes back, it can go back to uh, what was mentioned earlier about making sure we understand this is a role that we are taking on. This is not our central identity. Our identity has to be in Christ. And so when we keep open hands about all of that and are willing to ask for help, it goes a lot easier. But that said, it still needs to be approached intentionally. There are lots of duties. And when we seek to balance, Family, work, um, church, we hear a lot in the in the work environment, uh, in the culture in general about work-life balance, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing to focus on. I don't think we're asked to sacrifice our marriages or our families um, in a way that's harmful like that. Of course, there's sacrifices to be made. Um, so I think it's about putting important things first, making sure that, that those relationships aren't secondary, that we don't, that we do the things that don't make our wives or our children feel secondary. And that's easier said than done. Probably. I was really blessed. Um, my dad was very involved locally and nationally, as I said, for 35 years. And I was not quite 10 years old when he was ordained as elder. And I remember I've told this story often when, uh, even sharing with brothers who were getting these kinds of duties. My dad came to me and was explaining that, you know, some things would be different and there'd be some things expected of him time-wise. And as a 10-year-old, my only question was, Dad, are we still going to be able to play ping pong? And of course the answer was yes. And I never felt neglected. Time was made for family vacations. Some of the most Uh, memorable things of growing up. And so I think if we're intentional and we communicate well with our wives, our children, um, it can go better. Now, brothers, you should talk to my wife and children about this. I don't claim to have done it perfectly. I had a good role model. There's brothers who are good role models. I have to continue to work on this every single day. But I am encouraged that it's possible. Again,
0: that that prompts a few thoughts in my mind. I'm going to go a little bit different direction and say that there is a tremendous blessing in being a lay elder and still having an occupation and employment. I think it makes us a lot more approachable. I think the the stresses that I experience from day to day are a lot like what my congregation experiences. So I'm not unapproachable in that way. There's, there's enough challenges to remain approachable that we don't need a barrier that way. So that that I think is is a blessing to to experience the same stresses. Personally, I've tried to to carve out some family time and let uh, the church work and my occupation wrestle for the remaining time. It doesn't perfectly work that way, like you said, Brother Brad. You ask my children and my wife, and and there's times when they do take the short end of the stick. But by keeping a focus on it, it's it, it goes a lot better. Certainly, so I appreciate that. We have a vision of becoming a body of believers bound together by our love for Jesus Christ and His Word, reflecting God's love, grace, and truth. So I'm going to ask you, what remains to be done? What are your hopes and dreams for our congregations and future church leaders? So Brother Brad?
2: I love that vision. I love the language of being bound together, and every single word of it helps identify what we're talking about when we are having a vision together an aspiration to work toward being more tightly knit, being bound together by those things you mentioned. I think a lot of work needs to be done. It's an aspirational vision and we need to live into it. And we're going to always be doing that. But I'm thrilled that we are working very deliberately to do that, to identify we didn't just write the vision and lay it on a shelf somewhere we are working very intentionally to identify and deal with the opportunities and the obstacles to living into that vision. Some of what we've been talking about here today ties into that, just the threat of time and being pulled a bunch of different directions. Let's face it, we live in a culture that presses hard on the theme of individualism, and that is in opposition to living into a bound-together vision as a biblical community, really a biblical, covenantal community that is laid out in, in uh, Scripture. But we're working on it. And so I am really hopeful that that vision is going to help us see clearly the things we need to do to live into this more fully. Brothers, it's a matter of obedience when we look at Jesus' vision for his church the body. We talked about it earlier. But as we do, as we press into it, it's also a tremendous blessing. Yeah, I would echo what Brother Brad said. I often consider
1: our church family, and I think the beauty of what we have is that we're bound together for our love of Jesus Christ. And how could someone not want to be bound together for the love of Jesus Christ? I think of all our churches we have, some are urban, some are rural, some are not in the domestic United States. And yet I believe we all have the same goal to be bound together for our love for Jesus Christ. And when these brothers put this together, and we could read it in the final document that they put out, I thought, what a beautiful, beautiful goal that each one of us can have. I I think we're looking for unity through all this. It doesn't necessarily mean uniformity. Because I I think of the places where we have different churches and different cultures and, and just different aspects. Some might be a college town, some might be, Uh, rural towns, but we're still bound together for our love of Jesus Christ. And I I don't know what greater goal that we can have that we love our Lord and Savior as he loved us. And I'm really excited about the future for our church. And even as elder brothers that are going to come after I'm long gone, I think in years to come, they'll look back at this and say, that is exactly what we are. We're bound together for our love for Jesus Christ. Thanks, brothers. I want to add just that our
0: congregations are such a huge support to us as church leaders. We can feel their love. They express their love. They are willing to do what they can. And so many are willing to invest in spiritual health themselves. And that takes a huge load off of our uh, overseeing and watchfulness. And I think we can sum up how we feel about our congregations and the work in general by quoting 1 Thessalonians 2.8, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you are dear unto us. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your interest and also welcome your comments. To share your feedback or episode ideas, go to the settings menu in AC Central, select User Feedback, and when the webpage opens, click the Feedback on Around the Table link. Around
2: the Table is a production of Onward Media a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.